Hey everybody, my name is Ryan James Miller. I am a performance coach and I got into coaching because I was led to help other people become the best version of themselves. It just took being forced into that situation as the result of being laid off of a job uh, during the midst of the 2008 recession. Welcome to the Weekly Boost. My name is Ricardo Bueno, and I'm a 10-year veteran of the real estate industry. And this podcast is dedicated to taking an honest look at the reality of marketing and growing your real estate business. My guess is you want to close more deals, whether it's working with buyers or sellers. But it's not as easy as some people, like bullshit marketers, would have you believe. I spend my day consulting with some of the best agents in the industry, which basically means I have a front row seat to the behind the scenes of world-class marketing campaigns and listing strategies, and I'm here to unveil some of those strategies and tactics with you. Listen in as I share what's good in real estate and the world of marketing. Let's go. Brian, welcome. Thanks for joining. Thanks so much, man. Appreciate it. So, gosh, I think I got started in my career right around the subprime market collapse. I, I actually, I, I got into, uh, I was a loan officer before the subprime market collapse. So kind of, kind of a crazy time, a tough time. And a lot of people, I guess, lost or exited their careers. And, you know, we're in a place now where <laughs> pandemic is going on. And a lot of people are, unfortunately, like it's hurting the economy. People are losing jobs. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's messing with your head. I mean, let's just say it. I, I'm sure... I feel like I perform at a, at a high level, but being cooped up indoors, it, it messes with anybody's head. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you know, what was interesting for me was, so, you know, when I say, you know, I was laid off of a job as the result of the 2008 recession, I didn't get laid off until 2011. And when I got laid off, I was one of the top salespeople in this publicly traded global corporation. Wow. So it wasn't even the result of doing a bad job. Like, as a matter of fact, when I got the day I got laid off and my boss told me, uh, you don't have a job anymore. I laughed at him because I thought he was messing with me. Like, how would you lay off one of your top producers? Right. Um, It was a financial decision that the company made. Uh, It was for stock price, which unfortunately we're seeing that happen again when businesses are trying to protect revenue uh, instead of trying to help their people. And so, you know, it was, it was a good eye opener for me uh, to realize that we're always expendable when we're working for other people, unless we can be really confident in the people that we're working for or working with. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Wow. So one of the reasons, really the reason I wanted to talk to you is I feel like right now, or I've always felt this way, it's important to have a coach in your business. It's important to have a coach because I, I don't know, I feel like I want to perform at a high level and I'm sure... Anybody who's in sales always wants to perform at a high level, Mm -hmm. but there's uh, mental barriers that we kind of have to get over. And there's, uh, you know, how do you find that balance? I think, I feel like one of our other guests said this uh, really well in a podcast is chaos sort of bleeds into your personal and your professional life. Mm -hmm. And so it's rough to find a balance between the two. So a coach helps you sort of stay aligned with your goals so that you can focus on working in your business and, and staying on track. Yeah. And so I would push harder on that. And so what I find the biggest challenge to be, uh, and, and this is why this is not a, a sell for coaches, because if you can find somebody that's objective enough in your life to do this, then do this. The problem is, is most people in your life are not objective because they mm-hmm. just care too much about you, right? Like even your own spouse, 
is not going to tell you you've gained five pounds because they just love you and they don't want to hurt your feelings. Right? Oh, it's you still silly. look good, baby. <laughs> yeah, right? Like it's just the nature of the beast. So what I actually say, I believe the reason that we need a coach is because we need people to tell us the truth. And, and that works on two sides. One is um, for people that perform at a really high level, though they probably have some insecurities, they need to be toned down a little bit. So they need to be told that they're not as awesome as they think they are all the time, that there's still areas for improvement. Like you think you take a guy like, uh, like Mike Trout, right? Center fielder for the angels. Like he is a phenomenal athlete. I guarantee he never wakes up and says, I'm the best there ever was. I don't need to work on anything and I don't need to practice anymore, right? That just doesn't happen. And so he has a lot of self-awareness there. So for those people, I'm trying to help them to understand that you can grow and I'm going to show you how, but I'm not going to teach you how. I'm going to show you what's already inside of you and help bring that out of you. That's right. one side. The other side is, is people that overly condemn themselves and have a very poor view of themselves, which that's the majority of us. Mm -hmm. And we struggle to see the good inside of ourselves. And so I'm trying to help them weed through all the crap to get them to see that they actually have the ability to be as good as they think they can be or that they desire to be. Right. So that positive sort of reinforcement that a lot of people need. Yeah. Without, without like the motivational fluff, because again, like we've all sat in a room with some amazing motivational speaker and we walk away and we feel really good, right? We're all pumped up. We're really emotional. Things are like, we're just, we're super fired up. We go home, we start to try and put it to work and we end up feeling like more of a failure than the day that we walked in there because <laughs> we don't have the tools to be able to execute on that to begin with. Because if we did, we probably would have never attended that event. Right. So I actually feel like I've said this in the past, I've written and spoke on like motivation sucks when it's all <laughs> external because it, it, it's actually, it, it, it's crushing us because it yeah. just does not give us what we really need. So how do you, how do you sort of build or find the right tools or, or, or how do you get into sort of the right mindset so that you are, um, so you're not feeling that way? Yeah. So the word of the day is self-awareness. Um, you know, everybody's talking about it right now from guys like Gary V um, all the way through to most performance coaches and speakers. And I love it. <clears throat> the problem is, is again, this is an area most people think that they're pretty self-aware mm -hmm. um, until you actually hear them speak or to, to watch them act. And so what I do is, is I, I walk most of my clients, whether it's in an individual uh, environment or in a group setting, I walk them through a process called the foundations. And so it starts with helping them to see the foundation of who they are. So um, what gets them out of bed? What are they super passionate about? What skills, gifts, and talents do, do they see coming to the surface? And then how do those play out in the roles that they've been called to? Business owner, real estate agent, salesperson, parent, friend, family member, whatever that may be. So we lay out those roles. It's a big once, introspection exercise. Yeah. So, so then once we've laid the foundations, then we move into creating the functions, which are the habits and disciplines that they believe are necessary to perform in those roles at the highest level. And then we start a series of self-reflection, which is going back through on a day in and day out basis of reflecting on, okay, so over the course of my day, I did X, Y, and Z. Does that support 
my role as a high-performing father? Does that support my role as a top producing real estate agent? So we're working through that exercise of self-reflection, which really I'm just the mirror, right? I'm just helping them to reflect back what they're saying and doing to see whether or not it really lives up to the standard that they think they should be living by. So what does that look like typically for somebody? It's, is it a daily sort of exercise at the end of the day? Is it a, is it a morning? You know, how do you start to build those, those little habits that support what you're trying to accomplish? Yeah. So um, uh, two ways. So uh, one of them I, I've just ripped off, right? There's nothing new under the sun. Uh, so um, tools like the five-minute journal uh, do mm -hmm. this really well, which um, I don't know if this is specifically what it says, but something to the effect of like, <clears throat> you know, what is going to make today a great day, right? What are the three to five things? So list those things out. And then at the end of the day, <clears throat> on a scale of one to five, I just want you to rate your day. Mm -hmm. And so if you say my day was a three and then I say, okay, what were the things that you said you wanted to have that would make it a great day? And, and you tell me, and I'm like, did all those happen? Yes. Okay. So wait, so all those things happened <laughs> and yet you said it was only a three, why not a five? And so there begins to tell you whether or not you're prioritizing the wrong things, whether mm -hmm. there was something else that you need to work on because you didn't see it coming. So that's, that's one way that you can work on it. The other way is, is you just, you need to think about like, again, like, like let's just take like baseball. Um, <clears throat> if you want to be a, a an all-star center fielder, you know that there are certain things that you have to do. You have to be able to hit the ball consistently well, whether <laughs> yeah. that's singles or hit home runs all the time. Right. You have to be able to catch the ball. You have to have a good arm to throw the ball. You have to have awareness. On it, right. So there's like, there's some clear things that you know you need to do in order to be a high performing center fielder. Well, that, that, that goes the same for being a parent or being a producer or whatever it may be. And so while we should not look out to define who we are, right. we should look out to help us understand the roles that we're trying to pursue to see whether or not we're in line with the greatness that we're after. So a lot of this is uh, forming the, 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 uh, forming the right habits, right? Yes. That's sort of, yep. for a lot of people, you know, what do you say to somebody who's had a lifetime of sort of bad habits and, you know, at least they've gotten to the point where they're, they're recognizing that they're becoming more self-aware and they want to change. It's hard to flip a switch. Oh, it's brutal. So uh, there was a great book uh, written uh, last year. I think, I think it was released last year called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Yep. Um, and he talks about this while uh, Seven Habits by Stephen Covey, I believe is the best book on habits ever written. The one amazing thing that James Clear articulates in his book is start super duper small, mm -hmm. which people don't normally do when it comes to habits. <laughs> they try and break the biggest habit by chasing the oh, biggest I got elephant. This. Yeah, right? Like, yeah. I, I, I've never dieted or exercised in my life. I'm going to lose 20 pounds by tomorrow, <laughs> right? Like it's crazy. While in quarantine. Yeah, while in quarantine, right? And I have no equipment to do it. <laughs> and all I have is Twinkies in my cabinet. <laughs> I already and I need ate to all hold of those. It, and I need to hold it all in because there's no toilet paper in the house either. <laughs> so, 
So, uh -huh. so we have to start baby steps small. And, and this drives people nuts. Like when I work with high performers and I tell them we're going to start small, like they hate me. Oh, that's our ego getting in the way. Yeah, totally. But okay, <laughs> I, I hate to like keep going off on these tangents, but I took golf lessons last year and this was the same thing. I paid for five golf lessons up front. It was $500. And I used to be a decent golfer, had not golfed in a long time. So I go to this guy, super highly recommended dude we spent the entire first lesson standing there holding a golf club <laughs> i never even got to swing the damn thing the second lesson i never uh, got to go farther than a quarter back swing and a quarter forward swing. <laughs> i did not take a full swing until my fifth lesson so through my first four lessons oh, i never wow. hit a ball i don't think maybe the through three lessons i didn't hit a ball i was frustrated because all you want to do is hit the ball <laughs> yes but i trusted the process and by the fifth lesson i was far ahead of where i thought wow. I, you know, where i thought i would be so again start small we've got to trust the process it, i'm not a big golfer but if you have even remotely the wrong form you're it's gonna hook left right and oh, it's dude. never gonna go down the fairway it's a game of millimeters, right? Uh -huh. Millimeters. So start small, right? Hammered that home. But second to that then is, is start small by starting small with a positive habit and eliminating the smallest bad habit. Again, mm -hmm. we, try and, we try and whack out. It's like it, 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 dieting is one of the easiest ones to pick on here. Like I'm never going to eat sugar again. <laughs> right. Because like I, that, that's what people told me I have to do, or I'm cutting out all carbs. Now there, there are health reasons why people do things like that. And that's fine. But if you live and die by pasta, bread, chocolate chip cookies, and you think that you are going to be successful in cutting that all out <laughs> at once, you are absurd, right? It's never going to happen. So like, how about just don't have like, just cut one day or one meals bad food out and replace it by having good food in just that one meal one day because if we start small and we continue to build habits it's like it's like we're just like building this like uh, like the tumbleweed right the farther it rolls like it just <laughs> continues to grow until it's out of control yeah but like we can do that if we just have the patience um, I tell my wife all the time, you know, she's like, oh, I need to lose 10 pounds. I need to, I'm like, dude, focus on a pound a month because wow. a year from now, that's 12 pounds for the first six months. It's going to feel terrible. But a year mm -hmm. from now, you're going to be like, I lost 12 pounds. We just don't think like that. And it's, it's really, it's, I think it's just the function of too many people chasing monster goals, monster dreams, talking about the grand slams they hit. Like that's just one in a billion. Like don't <laughs> do that. So, so as you can tell, I'm passionate about it. <laughs> no, but that's good. That's good. So how do we, because yes, a lot of us want to get to the end result now. Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you start to really space that out and, and form those habits? Like, is it a, is it a once a week thing, a 30 day thing, a quarterly thing, a six month thing, or is it really just a long-term um, life of practice? Yeah. So again, this is, this is where it's good to have objectivity and some sort of coach come into play mm -hmm. because somebody has to hold you accountable able to call you be, you know, call your BS on these things. Mm -hmm. But for me, so I, I had always been, I very, I've been very habitual and disciplined for the better part of 15, 20 years, good and bad. Um, and I had goals, you know, a lot of revenue goals cause I was in sales for so long. And, um, uh, so 
that, but I was, I, I, I was chained to my goals. And what I began to realize was, was if I hit them, it was like, okay, awesome. I'm on to the next one. Mm-hmm. If I didn't, I was disappointed. And then I just set a new one and went ahead anyway. And so in 2019, going into 2019, so now, you know, a year and change uh, removed, I actually did not set a single goal in 2019. And what I wanted to test for myself, and then what I started testing on my clients, and it's worked, is I said, okay, I said, forget goals. I said, if you just focus on the habits and disciplines on the person that you believe you want to be, and that's personally and professionally, I believe you will produce the life that you really want. And that's where freedom comes in. So I talk about freedoms instead of goals, because even if we're trying to chase a financial number or to drive a, my, one of my clients was talking about his wife wants to buy a G wagon. And it's like, it's not the car. It, it's mm-hmm. how it makes you feel. It's not like my wife wants a house. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's not, it's not the house. It's the home feeling. It's the experience. It's whatever. So I try and help people to think beyond that. And mm-hmm. once we can begin to think to the freedom, the experience and the feeling well, then as we start executing on those habits in a day in and day out basis, then I go home and I'm like, dude, I feel pretty amazing. And I didn't make a million <laughs> bucks today, but I still want to make a million bucks. And so again, it starts to build this momentum over time and starts to me, manifest. Yeah. In 2019 ended with my most successful financial year in business. And I've been in business for eight years. It was the most fulfilled I was. And that's not to say I didn't have bad days. Like I had, I had a massive anxiety attack in April of 2019 that for a moment, no jokes, I literally wanted to die. So I'm not saying that like, it's not hard and it doesn't like just no more goals means everything is just happy and you know, wonderful. It's really hard still. But if we focus on who we are and what we want to become, we have far greater opportunity to truly live the life that we've been created to live instead of being confined to these goals. So on the other end of the spectrum, let, let's talk about, excuse me, let's talk about um, ego and how ego gets in the way. Ah. <laughs> um, that's got to be a tough one because, you know, I, I'm confident, but I'm, I, I don't think I'm arrogant. <laughs> Maybe somebody listening will say, will say otherwise, but how do we, how do we put our ego aside? Cause it's something that I always tell my, some of my sales reps, it's, Hey man, <laughs> if we just leave ego at the door, we are all better for it. Yeah. And it's so much easier said than done. Right. Exactly. Like, I think that it's really important, like before I kind of like go into my pitch here is, I think this is something that we need to take more personal responsibility for because um, I used to be terribly prideful and really egotistic. Hmm. Um, you know, I'm the best, I crush other people, blah, blah, which, blah, blah, which, blah. Which by the way, we're not saying you, sh- you shouldn't feel some level of confidence for. No, 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 because, right. because again, back to like, Mike Trout, he never steps up to the plate. And he's like, man, I'm going to suck today. He's like, dude, <laughs> like I'm better than everybody else out here. And I will dominate this pitcher, right? Yep. So it's like, you have to be able to walk into the environment with the confidence to know that you giving your best is good enough in the situation yep. at hand. Yep. Um, so, so it's important there. So Ryan Holiday wrote a book called Ego is the Enemy. And that book is the single best articulation of why our ego is destroying us from the inside out. And, and it, and it is, it's like, 
again, it, you know, if, if somebody was to come to me, like um, I speak from the stage and every single time somebody comes and tells me like I did a great job, like it feels so good. But if somebody comes and gives me any sort of negative feedback, mm-hmm. it hurts. And I have to fight against the willingness to, to make an excuse or, yeah. oh, well, that was just their perception. Now, <laughs> it may be their perception and they may be off, but I've got to be willing to take all negative feedback, even people that are like shooting arrows at me and are really, really <laughs> mean about it, right? Like we all experience this online. Mm-hmm. Like you got to take that and grow from it we can all continue to get better. Take it as positive criticism. Yeah, yeah, so much. And so, you know, it's, it's not a false sense of humility. It's not doing away with confidence. It's just recognizing that we, unfortunately, and again, it's typically people that, that perform, that have achieved some success in athletics, in the professional life, whatever. We have a tendency to not want to hear the bad or the constructive, <laughs> even when we, had, even when outwardly we'll say like, yeah, I'm open to criticism. I'm open. I'm open to constructive, you know, criticism or mm-hmm. feedback. You're not because even if you hear it, you've probably passed judgment on that person or at, uh, even worse is you just hear it and don't do anything about it. And so that's just your ego in the way it's dismissive. Like, why, yeah. Why wouldn't you just take that as an opportunity to get even better? And mm-hmm. I think about for the first 15 years of my career, uh, 12 years of my career, if I would have taken all of the constructive criticism then and applied that, oh my gosh, <laughs> I would be far better off than where I am right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I experience, so tale of two agents, I suppose. Um, one of the things I always say to my agents is when you're going to a listing appointment, you know, 82% of sellers are going to interview more than one agent for the job. So you're up against four or five agents that are maybe five, eight years your senior. You got to look the part, talk the part, and every single piece of marketing collateral you leave behind needs to communicate, I'm better mm-hmm. than each and every agent that you're interviewing. When you don't get the listing, it's easy to brush it off and, and, and make excuses and say, well, they're wrong, they're this, they're that. Mm-hmm. And, but on the other end of the spectrum, I have an agent who every time she uh, gets a no, she starts to outline all of the things that she could have done better because mm. she's trying to improve her pitch. Yeah. And it's not, it's not, I'm going to take offense to this first and well, you're just dumb. It's learning from, you know, what it is that I didn't deliver well, what it is that I didn't say right. And it's kind of a, like, like I said, it's taking some introspection and becoming self-aware and making improvements. Yeah. I mean, this is so good. So I I learn, I'm constantly learning that lesson. Uh, Last year, let's see, probably early in the year, uh, I was in the running. Uh, I was uh, the final of two, in the final of two people uh, to become an executive coach for the Lakers. Wow. Uh, like those Lakers, right? Now, not, awesome. not, the, not the team, but the, <laughs> the executive side, right? So yeah. Yeah, in the office. And I got beat. Um, I got beat by a, an organization that was uh, more corporatized, um, that was a, a bigger brand, I'm just me. And so my initial reaction after like I cried and like was so disappointed, <laughs> uh, it was like, you know, just a meltdown. Um, that wasn't my April meltdown, by the way. Um, but um, that was another one. Um, but 
then I went to the excuses. Well, you know, big corporate brand, probably wanted a corporate brand to represent them. Da, 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 da. And, and there's truth to that. That's, mm-hmm. that's probably a big part of the reason why they chose them. But there was so much for me to learn in that. Like one day I want to be a coach to a professional athlete or to a professional organization, a, a, a sports organization. I'm only going to be able to do that if I can present, and not me necessarily, mm-hmm. but my business, my brand, at, at a level that is more corporate, or yeah. I'm going to have to get in a whole different way. And so it causes me to like rethink like how I market myself, like my marketing materials that I gave over to them, my presentation or like my um, proposal was pretty simple. I, they probably got like this, you know, 40 page slide deck with like, you know, <laughs> picture, whatever, like helicopters. And I, I don't know, but like, I've got to be considerate of that stuff if I want to play in that environment. And right. so again, it's just, we've got to learn. And the other side of it is like, I love when your agent, like we talked about the agent that learned from the losses. I also encourage people to learn from the wins, like mm. not just why I won, because we always, that's when we do evaluate our wins. That's why we, we think about, or that's what we think about, but think about what you could have done better, even though you won. like, mm. could you have, that's good. Could you have gotten back to somebody more quickly? Could you, have, could you have presented something even better? Like for every agent out there, like could you have got them a little bit more money if you would have held off on one more offer? Like, you know, it, just whatever. Like, is there always some, there's always something we can do better. So mm-hmm. I think that that's just really important for us. So let's talk some resources here. What are, what are some good resources? I know you shared a couple of good books already. But what are some resources that can help people or listeners sort of along the way, whether it's building habits, building confidence, or, or some of the things that some of the exercises that we've been talking about in introspect, being more introspective and self-aware? Yeah, so, uh, so definitely, you know, the, the two books that I talked about uh, around habits. So uh, if people have not read Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, uh, you're missing out on probably one of the best books ever (laughs) written on professional and personal development. Not probably, I think it is probably the best book, at least in my opinion. Uh, So Seven Habits, Uh, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People, especially like, you know, your audience is so much, uh, so many uh, uh, real estate agents Mm -hmm. and and client facing, man, that like is a, a huge winner. Um, so that's really important. Atomic Habits by James Clear is probably the second best book I've ever read on habits. Uh, that, that just happened recently. Um, so those three books are really, really good. Uh, I have a, a recommendation for particularly for the real estate world. And some of them are going to hear this and be like, yeah, I do this. And okay, sure you do. <laughs> and that's fine. Maybe, maybe, there's a few of you that do. I don't think that uh, and this, this goes for everybody, but I'm just speaking specifically to your audience. I do not think enough real estate agents spend time uh, building a unique brand for themselves. Mm. Now, you have built a beautiful brand. Most of your marketing co- flyers are wonderful. Your, you know, your, your drone flyovers and 3D walkthroughs of, of houses amazing. And I'm not taking any of that away from you. All of you that show up professionally dressed, like that is impressive. And I believe that you are serving your clients well. But what I miss in, I think probably 99% of every real estate agent I've come across, their flyers, their marketing, is I just don't 
know who they are. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it, it, personal branding is such a hot topic. And, and yet, like, how, how are they showing themselves? Like, why does a client want to do business with them? Because no agent is going to say, oh, yeah, I'm not going to get you as much money for your house as this guy. <laughs> like, that's just not going to happen. No one's going to say, like, oh, I'm going to turn you, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to turn your escrow around slower than other people. Or, you know, my, my partners that I work with are really going to let you down. Or I don't use a good staging company. Like, everybody is throwing within reason. I, I'm the best. Yeah. And and they're throwing the same tools and resources. Like it's just so accessible today. And so it's, it goes back to like, who are you? Like what, what, what makes you unique? Like if you are like speaking to all you um, um, uh, uh, dads out there, like if you are deeply in love with your children and you will sacrifice your life to make sure that your kids are provided for and cared for and you spend time with them, then you should be more focused on marketing to dads that think the same way because they will respect you for that. Mm-hmm. And, and then you can speak their own language about why they wanna put their kids in a house or whatever, right? So I just, and, and, and you could go down the list of unique uh, traits and characteristics that would really stand out and attract people to you. Because the other side is like, I see agents that just have tons of really big marketing and they're winning business and they're terrible people. And so <laughs> I think the, the smaller agents, the ones that aren't represented by big, massive brands, I think you have such a unique opportunity, especially during a time like this, when people are fighting for business, like you will stand out far more than your marketing will. If you're empathetic, show passion, et cetera. Yeah. Et cetera. Yep. yep. For 100%. sure. Well, uh, Ryan, thank you so much for imparting some wisdom, bringing the energy. Um, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Where can we learn more about you and what you do? Uh, so the best place is my website, ryanjamesmiller.com. Um, you can learn a little bit more about some of what I do there. Uh, and then I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Ryan Miller, Ryan James Miller. You can find me on LinkedIn and Instagram is RJM Sales Grow. So those are the three places uh, that I love to have a lot of fun, share a lot of content. <laughs> just trying to add value to my audience as best as I can. Awesome, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate the energy. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Weekly Boost. If you got value out of this episode, do me a favor. Head on over to iTunes to subscribe and leave a review so we can reach more people and change more lives with this content. Oh, and one more thing. Do you want to know how effective your online marketing strategy is? In order to succeed in real estate, you need to learn how to market yourself well. Find out how your marketing strategy stacks up against the competition by visiting ricardobueno.com forward slash audit. Answer a few simple questions and get an instant audio course on how to level up your marketing today. Again, that's ricardobueno.com forward slash A-U-D-I-T. See you next time.